This is a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. Our foundation text is 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. The benefits of the altar. The benefits of the altar. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 30. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 30. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 30. With a loud voice, when he go, then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar. I'm very interested in that. Underline that portion of your scripture and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Now what is happening here is the period of apostasy which Israel had committed. Apostasy is when you cut yourself off from a covenant relationship with God and then you begin to ascribe your existence to other gods made with hands. Apostasy is when you begin to say you are yourself. You don't care about any being who created you and that you want to live your life anyhow. Apostasy. Apostasy is when you begin to ignore the laws of God which govern life. And then you start running your life the way you want. Even though you did not create yourself. And there are many who are seated here today who like the Israelites have committed some form of apostasy. You know very well that you have cut relationship with God and church. You know very well that you don't pray as you used to. You know very well that you don't commune with God through his word on daily basis as required and expected of you. You know. Something is wrong with you. That was the state in which Israel found themselves in the days of Elijah. There was so much apostasy. Jezebel, the wife of Ahab the king, had brought foreign gods. And everybody was in idolatry. The laws of God had been forgotten about. The altar, which was to bring them to God. The altar, which was the place of contact with God. The altar, which was the place of sanctification before God. The altar, which was the place that they would hear God's voice had been ruined, destroyed. Now, I, I wanted to know that it wasn't so much of a physical destruction. You, your altar can be destroyed if you defecate on your altar. Spiritual defecation. The altar.
altar of God had been made a place of sin, idolatry, that God's voice was not be heard anymore. Then Elijah appeared. There were prophets in the land, but Elijah was the lone voice who decided to bring back to Israel the fear of God and the righteousness. And he did that by confronting the political powers that be, Ahab and Jezebel's house. Then Elijah said to Ahab and Jezebel, he said, you guys have brought these foreign gods in this land and you have cut people off. They are linked with God. The covenant with God. And look at the problems that you have brought. Now I am about to show you that there is a God and there is a way and a pattern that he loves to be approached. Come on, listen to this one. There is a God, number one, number two. There is a pattern and there is a way in which he has chosen to be approached. You don't approach this God what the way you want. You do it according to the pattern that he has laid down. As a first sign, there shall be no rain in this land except by my word. And then Elijah singing handedly shut the heavens and for three and a half years there were no rain. Is it possible for a man to become so powerful? See, when your relationship with God straightens up, that is the realm you can walk in. You will be so audacious and so powerful, you can look into the face of any nonsense in your house, in your office, in your family, and you say that this nonsense is stopped from today, according to the word in my mouth. And that's the place God is bringing you. God is bringing royal house to the place that in December, anybody who will try to disturb the peace of this nation, we will speak and cause that person to be buried alive and it shall be so. Oh, a time is coming. God can raise you if you only know how to relate with God and how to relate with his altar. If you know how to relate with God and you know how to relate with his altar, you will be so powerful, you can say to sicknesses, get out and sicknesses will obey you. You can say to poverty, poverty, leave my house and poverty will leave you. You can say to this examination, this examination, I have failed many times. This time around, I am not going to fail again. I said it is possible for a man to be so raised such that he can say to the sky, skies, no rain. There are times people who work under us, you can see satanic manipulation. You can see that this one is a devil that has been planted here. What do you do? You can't sack him because he has a contract. At that moment, you have to go on your knees and you have to find your altar. That's the only way. That's the only way. 
That's the only way. Lift up your right hand and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. There are some things beyond human limitations. Now I lift up my voice and I declare from today, anything which is above me, I raise a standard in the realms of the spirit. Thou, O God, let my altar speak. Yes. Yeah. You, you can see as a businessman that this contract is yours. But for some reason, you can see that it is slipping through your hands. Challenge. You have to look for your altar. You have to look for your altar. <laughs> Reverend Derek was in love with a certain young girl called Della. And Della would not see Derek at all. Because Della was in relationship with a certain guy for several years. Number one, the odds were against Reverend Derek. The first odd, he is an Aquapim man, and Della is Ewe. The other guy in the last life was Ewe. So Ewe plus Ewe is Ewe squared. <laughs> so where is this Aquapim man coming to come and disturb the Ewe equation? Come on, see somewhere. Number two, Della said she didn't want to marry a pastor. Because pastors don't have time for their wives. They are always on the move. And she wanted a man that will have time for her and the children. And the way she saw Reverend Derek, Derek, Brother Derek at that time, he was heading straight into Reverend St. Franchancra's bondage. This guy. At that time, me, I was born already, so... The lad could see that this guy is walking straight into my bondage in prison. So she didn't want to know. And I didn't know that all these chemistries were going on. I didn't know. I didn't know. But I just saw Della and I said, God has given you Reverend Derek. Why are you so hard and you are so difficult? I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Derek will marry you. At the time I was prophesying, the other guy who lived in Japan and therefore had more money than this guy who was struggling at that time had already done knocking. And I yet me, I didn't know, and I was just prophesying. Had done knocking. After the prophecy, how many weeks after the prophecy? Everything for the engagement had been bought. Weeks after speaking, oh my god, see, see. I said, when you straighten your life with God and you repair the altars which are broken and righteousness prevail in your life, God raises you above human limitations. You start operating in some realms, unbelievers will start calling you wizard and witch because they don't know why you say things and it comes to pass. As long as I live, Elijah said, there shall be no rain except by my word. Come on, look into the face of poverty in your family and say, this poverty, you will give way. I will be the first to put up a story building in my house. Say it and it will come to pass. Tell yourself, I will be the first person to have PhD in my family. 
are operating above human limitations because you are not from this earth you are a spiritual created being that operates in the realms of God you didn't hear me that word is so I said you operate in the realms of God where God walks that's where you walk clap your hands and say the altar oh clap your hands and say the altar clap your hands and say the altar weeks after the prophecy the man from Japan sent a recorded tape to Della says for some reason I have been feeling that I am going after the wrong woman can we call off this engagement I'm no longer interested just like that And I brought Della to him. Today, the Lord has blessed them. They own their own house, ride their own cars, have a beautiful son, they travel abroad. When you find the wrong person in your life, you will be buried very early. But when you find the right person, you will live long and you prosper. I pray that young man, you find the right woman. Young woman, you find the right man. If there is any wrong person in your life, by the oil of the Lord upon my life, I remove that person and I bring the right person in your life. Clap your hands three times and say, I receive it. Let the devil hear you. Shout it again. he repaired the altar <laughs> verse number 31 and Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying Israel shall be your name 32 then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seers of seed 33 and he put the wood in order, cut the wood in pieces and laid it on the wood. And said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. 34. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, a third time. And they did. 35. 35. So the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the trench with water. 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Take note, underline that one. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Those two powerful words I'm interested in. That Elijah the prophet came near and said, Oh Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. 39. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord he is God. The Lord, 
oye onyame after he shut the heavens then he threw a contest to Ahab and Jezebel and he said you guys have a lot of prophets in this land that have polluted this land they have made the people commit apostasy and the law of God has been thrown somewhere now let us establish who is real God come to Mount Camel and we are going to call upon a God and the God who answers by fire he is God and he said this is the way we are going to do it every God in every generation responds to all this every God Every shrine has an altar. So therefore, if you do not take your altar seriously, and they take their altar seriously, they will use their shrine altars to fight you. Every God has an altar. So he says, come, let your people build their altar let them put their sacrifice on their altar why because every god responds to sacrifices <laughs> three call upon your god why because every god responds to the altar the sacrifices and the prayer and supplication that is said on the altar every god and every shrine believe me so if you don't take your altar, your broken altars, if you don't repair it and they repair their altars, you are finished. You are finished. He said, alright. So, start first. Question. Why didn't the prophets of Baal refuse the contest? Because the parameters of the contest were normal to them. They were normal practices. They knew. Oh, altar. Oh, they said we've been doing the altar always. Sacrifices, they've been doing. Prayer, they've been doing. So they said fine. And that day, they started calling upon their God. And for some reason, for the first time, the God of Elijah sent their God on an errand. So he couldn't hear their prayer. Today, any God that is intimidating us, we dispatch them to hell. When they call their gods, may their gods not hear them. But when we call upon our God, may he answer by fire. Then when Elijah came, he said, oh, as for the parameters, the, the rules of this game, we know it already. It's just unfortunate that the people of Israel have just decided to forget about these rules. Number one, let's repair the altar. So number one, if you want to see God, repair your broken altars. And that is the essence of the sermon today. And I'm going to show you a few things that you need to do to repair the altars. Number two, Put the sacrifice and they cut the pieces. 
the animals and he put them on the altar and then number three he said fetch water and pour it because God was going to come down by fire and usually petrol, kerosene and other set chemicals can catch fire easily we know that it is water that kills fire but Elijah wanted them to know that this God we are talking about does not move by kerosene power and by petrol power even by water that kills fire he is able to breeze through it you didn't understand me Elijah was saying this God we are talking about is not moved by problems in fact when he sees problems that is when he decides to move through you didn't hear me Elijah was saying this God we are talking about doesn't care about mountains the more mountains he sees the more he digs holes within the mountains this God we are talking about moves by fire in water best than kerosene and petrol shout by your hand fire oh come on shout it again and say fire say my God moves best when there are problems clap your hands and give the Lord a mighty praise said hallelujah number four he said to them now bring the evening offerings and evening sacrifices then number five he then invoked covenant he said thou O God the God of my father Abraham Isaac and Jacob let these people know that I am your servant and you have asked me to do these things Bible says immediately fire came down from heaven here is what God wants your altar to do for you number one your altar is the place of your sacrifice this one you know very well royal house chapel members you love altar sacrifices and I'm very grateful to God for that but I can guarantee you you've only stopped at number one there are several number two the altar is the place of invocation of covenant so from today those of you who believe only in altar sacrifices I want you to know when the women come we will move the stakes very high that the altar is the place where you invoke covenant you invoke covenant when do you invoke covenant when there is a conspiracy against you when people have risen against you when a camp when evil has been planted that day when you come to church with your evening offerings and your evening sacrifice in your head when you stand before this altar please come and invoke covenant say thou god of some crunchy anchor the God who answers by fire. So, so, and so, and so, and so have risen against me and I'm losing my job. May you hear me from heaven because you gave me that position. Whoever is trying to manipulate it, let the God who answers by fire and let the God of some crunchy anchor 
the God of Abraham the God invoke this is the place pastor so why can't I invoke the same thing where you are it's not the same the same auditorium is the same God but I guarantee you that in this whole auditorium there are places that are more concentrated with the presence of God than others that is why as the apostle general this is where I sit this is my seat I don't sit at the back this is where the anointing is and this is where God has placed me the day I move myself from here and go to the back that day I have reduced myself oh you do understand during weddings we never put wedding couples at the back we separate them and bring them close you know why because this is the altar because it is their day and special grace must come upon them we have brought them close to the altar that is why they sit here this place on the wedding day is more anointed than that place i guarantee you that is the way god has structured spiritual order Why is it that when you go to your boss's office and you are going to talk to him, you don't tell me, uh, sir, I'm coming to sit you. Get up and why don't you do that? When you go, there is a visitor's chair. As for his chair, it is anointed. And as long as he's the boss, that is his seat. The seat is what makes him. Asantini is Asantini because of a certain stool. See, 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 see. You can never destroy him if you don't have access to that stool. That is why in the Segranti wall, all they wanted was to carry that stool. But once it is taken away, they have taken the source of their power, their strength. Once you lose your altar, you are not relevant. And, and the enemy is playing around with you simply because your orders are destroyed. And don't forget, he who is fighting you also has an altar. Because every shrine and every god responds to the altar, the sacrifices on the altar, and the prayers that are offered on the altar. Every god. Are we settling some matters over here? Oh, let's come to this understanding. Question. When we want the choir to sing, why don't we ask them to go and start at the back and sing from the back? Because when the choir is coming to minister, they are coming to minister grace, peace, the word of the Lord into the hearts of people. So we elevate them and bring them on the altar. So once they stand here, they are ministers. When they finish, we ask them to go and take their seats. And you know why we keep you close to the altar? Just so that you can walk at any time God wants you to go and minister. That is why when I raise a song, some of you start running to the altar to go and hold the microphone to sing. Because that's your ministry.
God will hear you everywhere. But he hears you more. On the altar. Number three. The altar is the only place God hears the supplications of your heart more. The altar. You can play, pray in your bedroom. God will hear you. You can pray in the taxi, toilet, everywhere. God will hear you. But when you change location to the altar, you can guarantee that that day you are living with a sure answer. How do I know this? First Samuel chapter 1 verse number 8. First Samuel chapter 1 verse number 8 first samuel chapter 1 verse number 8 then elkanah this is the story of the birth of the prophet samuel one of the greatest prophets the world ever raised and he was born of a woman that was said to be barren called hannah hannah was married to elkanah who had a wife already the other wife had children and so always mocked at Hannah who was barren and yet Elkanah and his family every year will go to Shiloh Shiloh is the place where the Levitical priest had ordered that every Israelite will show up once every year for certain festivals which included sacrifices etc etc and wherever you live in any town village you must move and trek to Shiloh and year after year Hannah will go and make a sacrifice then in one particular year he said I'm tired of coming making sacrifices in Shiloh and yet I am barren and I am a mockery of everyone else. This year, something must change. Something must happen. Anytime you come to the resolve that I am tired of this sickness, I am tired of being single, I am tired of poverty, I'm tired of owing. I'm tired of failing an examination. I'm tired. I'm tired of always falling into this temptation of drinking and fornication. I'm tired. I'm t- Anytime you come to that resolve, I introduce you to something. Start looking for all the altar. And when you go to the altar, there is a certain attitude God is expecting you there. I can guarantee you. This is First Samuel chapter 1. Check what Hannah did to change her situation. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Number nine. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul 
and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Anytime you are anguished and you are in pain, there is only place, one place, that you can pour your supplication is the altar. God will hear you everywhere. But I am telling you, the altar is the elevated place where your prayer moves faster. And your supplication go faster. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. She was specific. Give me a son. Anytime you come to the altar, be specific. Tell God exactly what you want. Tell him what you are going through. Don't hit him by the bush. Don't run around. Tell him that people have risen against you. Tell him that you are you losing your health. Tell him, Lord, I'm dying. If you give me a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Number 12. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord. Before the Lord. Before the Lord. At Shiloh. In the temple. In the tabernacle. At the altar. Anytime you stand before the altar, you are standing before the Lord. And Eli was also watching her mouth. And this was Eli's observation. 13. Look at Eli's observation. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. Fourteen. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Fifteen. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither one nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Ella answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the beginning. That same month, the woman got pregnant and it was a son. She gave birth to him and alas, the prophet Samuel. Now, there are two things here I want us to bring to the fore. Number one, she said to Eli, the high priest, I am not drunk. But I have spoken my heart. But the Bible says when she stood there, she did not utter a word, neither was her voice heard. She was just praying in her heart. 
and her lips probably was moving in this manner. My lips are moving, but I'm not saying anything. I, everything I'm saying is in my heart. So when did she speak? Number two, when did she place a petition before God? Because the ally said, go, your petition is granted. Three things. Number one, the moment she stood on the altar, God began to listen to her heartbeat. Because for God, you do not need to open your voice for God to know what you are saying. It is man who needs to hear what you are saying. For God, once you stand before him at the altar, your heart is open already. So anytime you stand before the altar, your heart is open. Number two. She says, for until now, your servant has been grieved. Until now. What 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 is what's the meaning? What's the, what what is she referring to? She is referring to the many years of sacrifices that she has been putting on the altar. She says, "You don't know. I'm not drunk. Every year I come here and I put my sacrifices on this altar, and my soul is grieved because God will not grant one request by giving me a son." So even though she was not speaking audibly in terms of vocal cavity, is that what I call it? Voice. Her voice was not coming out. The sacrifice on the altar was speaking louder together with the content of her heart. Why? Because she stood before the Lord on the altar. The altar is the place where your heart supplications are poured to God. God hears and understands your heart better. <laughs> You're tight. We invite people to come to the altar. And I pray that you don't underestimate what God is able to do during that stinked moment that you spend on the altar. In Royal House Chapel during worship time, people come to the altar. Don't underestimate that. When the choirs are ministering, People come to the altar. Don't un ever underestimate that. But I'm going to show you some other times that God opens the heavens for the altar which you do not know. Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 12. Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 12. Second Chronicles chapter 6 verse number 12. It was the dedication of the temple. David gathered the materials. Solomon built. The choir had ministered. 
the presence of God was so strong the atmosphere was something else and then Solomon the king and Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel number two and spread out his hands that's it spread out his hands and so the altar is the place to spread out your hands and I'm going to explain that one to you right now for Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits long five cubits wide and three cubits high and I set it in the midst of the court and he stood on it and knelt down the altar is the place to kneel down he knelt down on his knees before all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven verse number 14 and he said Lord oh God of Israel there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servant he was invoking covenant there again and mercy and who walk before you with all their hearts he prayed some prayers and said let this temple and this altar in the time of hunger when the people run in let them be fed he said in time of war when our enemies pursue us and we run into the temple and to this altar let deliverance come he prayed some powerful prayers of things which you cannot obtain when you are praying in your house except in the temple God is everywhere but he said in time of war in time of need when they run into this place so if you like don't run into the place and go and run into your mansion they will pursue you there from today anytime there is worship going on you don't necessarily have to have money to come to the altar many of you think that you must have money to come to the altar it's wrong the only thing is that you leave a space just leave a space for those who are coming to bring money what do you do number one it is time to come and raise your hand and solomon stretched his hands anytime you lift your hands you are saying to god god i surrender to you i surrender to you number two if you have any weeping to do do it on the altar and hannah wept and poured her grief to god on the altar and solomon knelt down you can also choose a kneeling position worship and cry here is another position you can choose on the sometimes you put pressure on yourself by allowing somebody sitting by you to judge you wrongly hey when I go forward what will people think they, they, they think I am I am doing something let them think you know what God is when you are suffering are they there with you let them think people who think this way are not born again in their minds you, you are an unbeliever because you are allowing men to set standards for you instead of repairing your broken altar 
your order is broken and your covenants are not being fulfilled yes it is a place of sacrifice but it is also a place to just lift your hands kneel down lie down cry weep pour your heart here is another thing we do on the altar which many of you don't take advantage of dancing before the lord and the bible says and david danced before the lord where do you think david danced before the lord first of all as the king he was sitting on the altar in those days the worship of God had its seat in the office of the king so the king of Israel you have no choice you have to be involved in this thing and so if if David had the throne the king's throne and he sat upon it you can be sure that Joab and the army commanders and the big guys who sit behind him and then the high priest maybe on the left right and then uh, on the left and so on and if David now goes into the spirit and he started dancing you thought he went to the back to go and dance before the altar from today I want to know those of you who come to the altar to come and dance that dancing on the altar is not a showpiece we are not joking the step that you make you are saying God thank you for making my body alive thank you for giving me the feet so I can move thank you for giving me the voice that I can sing thank you oh God that some time ago I used to dance at the clubhouse and I'll dance to the devil's glory now I am a child of God and I dance to your glory where is this shyness therefore coming from who are you shy of Please, I want you to understand where you are coming from and where God wants to raise you up to. He is raising you above human limitations. And if you must be there, you must recognize the power of the altar. Somebody says, Pastor, we are very many here. use common sense when the place is full you should know you should wait till another opportunity but of course when the worship is going on and you are refusing to move the same persons who understand it will move every day and that's why you begin to insult them why well, it's not their fault because he says he says last week i was there to go and worship this time I'm expecting somebody to go and nobody is going I will and worship Moses 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 as for Moses when the presence of God overwhelms him then he and Aaron then they will fall on their faces on the altar. Oh, Jesus. By the time the old man wakes up, his eyes are choked with tears. Has somebody beaten him? No. He has come into face to face 
with the presence of God. You are far and Worship has brought us to where we are. The altar is what has made us who we are. Why are we now shy and ashamed? Because we have money? Because you are now a graduate? You are feeling shy of who? You are Somebody lift up your hands. We give you all. Come on now. We give you all. Let the men and the youth lift up their voice. We worship you.
bless the Lord, 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 bless the Lord. We give you all, we give you all, we give you all. songwriter wrote, wrote this song anytime you hear this song you know that God is drawing you closer to the altar you, you don't need to be shy shy of who who here died for you who here can answer the desires of your heart Your feet are about to be anointed. And you are now going to step into new corridors of glory. Lift up your hands. Draw me close to you. Anytime you hear this song, it's an altar call for you. God wants to see your tears and your worship. Your life, your surrender. That dress you are wearing, God gave it to you. Lie down and make it dirty for Him. Are you wearing suit? It's okay. Worship God with your suit. Has God done anything for you? Show it. Express it. No one else. Have you lifted your hands to Jesus? Have you knelt on the altar? Are you lying on the altar? Are you weeping on the altar? Are you pouring your heart on the altar? The Lord wants to raise you to another level. The Lord wants to raise you to another level. No limitations. No limitations. No limitations. No limitations. Draw me close to you. I feel something in this place. I feel the power of God in this place. Nothing, 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 nothing
what Jesus atmosphere. I love this atmosphere. I love this atmosphere. Yeah. 
and the worship that is due him. If he said, Oyo Nyami. Oyo Nyami. That disease and that sickness, I see the Lord taking it away from your body. I see that mountain removing from your life. I see that header removing. I hear God say, pour more water. And when you pour more water, I will answer by fire. Because I am the God that oppressed through water, even by fire. Repair all 
your broken altars, say the Lord. Repair your relationship with me, say the Lord. That this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. For an additional copies of this and any other life-changing CDs, please look up the address on your CD. Royal House Chapel International, touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you. Oh,